0: I think it's time that we start the conversation to silence the shame. Silence the shame. Si- silence
1: the shame. Silence is the difference between treatment or pain, life or
2: death. Silence the shame.
1: Speak up now
2: and silence. Silence.
1: Silence. Silence, silence the shame. What's up? What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Shanti Das. I'm here with my co-host, Free the Vision. Hey, Free. What up, Shanti? How are you?
0: Oh, I'm doing very well. How you feeling?
1: I am great. I am happy to be alive, happy to be able to do this work. And we're excited today because this is a special edition of the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. We uh, had the opportunity to, to talk to a, a dear friend of Silence to Shame and my friend. Um, so welcome to Mental Health in the Faith Community with Pastor Eddie. And I just want to let everyone mm-hmm. know that support for this podcast and the Community Health Equity Alliance is provided through collaboration with Janssen Neuroscience. So shout out to Janssen Neuroscience and all they are doing to make mental health care accessible in our community. How about that?
0: Oh, that's amazing. I love that. I love because we need that. We need more resources. We need to have access to it. And a lot of times people don't know where they can go. But I feel like this generation is more open to going and finding um, what they need to feel whole and healthy.
1: Absolutely. And again, you know, through the work that we do, the collaborative work with Janssen Neuroscience and so many others in the Community Health Equity Alliance, this is all possible. So. Without further ado, I think we should jump right into it. Let's
2: welcome Pastor Eddie. So I do want to just tell you a little bit about our two um, speakers that we are going to be bringing to you all today. Um, We are going to be hearing from um, Shanti Doss and uh, Pastor Eddie Bridgman. And just to share that information. All righty, so here we go. Um, again, we have teacher, preacher and evangelist Eddie Bridgman, senior. He has been anointed the servant of God in Atlanta, Georgia, since 1989. He received a finance business degree from Mississippi Valley State University and held advanced degrees from Millsap College, Jackson, Mississippi and Union Theological Seminary in New York, New York. He is a well-spoken workshop facilitator and has worked with numerous local and national organizations, and conferences. In 1999, Mr. uh, Pastor Bridgman formed the SciSci Group, a financial consulting firm emphasizing on small business development and internal control policies and procedure. As president and CEO, he is responsible for business development and financial seminar facilitator for government entities and private corporations. Shanti Das is the founder and CEO of Silence to Shame Incorporated. Silence to Shame is a nonprofit organization dedicated to eliminating mental health stigma and reducing health disparities and improving rates of suicide among vulnerable populations. She is an accomplished entertainment industry veteran, speaker, author, and philanthropist. Due to the loss of her father and close friends to suicide, DAS uses her platform to share her story of depression and suicidal ideation in hopes to peel back the layers of shame to access mental health professional help. Das has become internationally recognized as a mental health advocate for communities of color. She innovatively shares messages of hope and wellness for high stress communities. And with that, I would like to hand it over to you Shanti.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Jewel. And good afternoon. Hello, everyone. The Georgia Community Health Equity Alliance. God bless you, kings and queens, for being on here. This is some important work that we're doing. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Jewel, and all of our other partners. It is really an honor to moderate this conversation with a dear friend of mine who is one of my spiritual advisors and understands the importance of this work. And we've certainly been doing work around faith and behavioral health for quite some time now. So, Welcome again, Pastor Eddie. How are you today?
0: I am wonderful. Thank you, Shanti. I hope that you all can hear me. Clearly, I've kind of been running from building to building, trying to get a good connect. But I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me
1: absolutely we know your time is valuable so I'm going to jump right in I want to read a blurb um, before we get into the dialogue we all know that behavioral health is still very taboo in our community but many people are opening up these days and sharing and more importantly faith and community leaders are essential in these conversations as they are often the first place that individuals and families reach out to when someone is experiencing challenges right or behavioral health issues or traumatic events I certainly reached out to my pastor Dr. Raphael G Warnock. Now, Senator Warnock, when I was experiencing severe depression and suicidal ideation, and he encouraged me, Pastor Eddie, to what? Pray and seek help from a licensed mental health professional, which is so important. And that is part of the message that we want to be able to convey to the community and then to our stakeholders who are doing this work so that we know we can actually work together collectively, right, and do this work. So, my first question for you, Pastor Eddie, is you have a unique situation as someone that represents the faith community and also someone that has experienced mental health challenges. Please share with us how you used and are still using. Faith and traditional mental health support in your journey to wellness?
0: That's a great qu- question. Thank you, Shanti, again, for having me here. And I want to say thank you to all of our healthcare professionals and those specifically in the realm of mental health for well, the work that you do. It is uh, because of you, I think lives are saved and communities are healed, individuals are Uh, their lives are turned back into a direction of prosperity and of peace. Shanti, that, that's an interesting question. As you know, you and I have been together for a lot of years at the inception of Silence of Shame. And so um, when I look at my own journey, imagine, if you will, someone uh, not unlike you, Shanti, that uh, is very successful in business and a pastor at the same time, but having to deal with uh, the issue of bipolarism, having to deal with medication, but still maintain uh, a level of professionalism so that we could take, so I could take care of clients. But at some point, all of us, as they say, uh, pressure will burst a water pipe. At some of us, uh, at some point, all of us experience this time when uh, we don't know that tomorrow is going to be better than today. And that was me. <clears throat> Going into and uh, I, I know that we didn't talk about it earlier, but um, my experience with the 100 black men as an executive there for all of those years, I can remember going into uh, the office uh, every day, suit and tie, you know, professional. But then going home to a very small apartment that I chose, not that I could not have afforded more, but uh, my mental challenges um, made me feel as if that's all that I was worthy of. And so I work hard all day and smile and shake hands and uh These major deals for the 100 black men, and then go home and sit in the dark. I didn't cry every night, but I certainly sat in the dark uh, many nights, wondering uh, what should I do about this, and then wake up the next day and do the same thing over again. And so it became this, you know, this never-ending circle of, uh, for lack of a better word, madness, personal madness, and stress. Uh, But at a point, we have to look at Mark chapter 7, verse 7, which is one of my favorite scriptures. Shante, it says that... Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door shall be opened. Uh, Seek and you shall find. And so the interesting thing about that is I really didn't know what I was seeking, what I was asking, what I was knocking. And and so in the faith community, uh, we are uh, uh, like that spiritual hospital, if you will, metaphorically, uh, where folk come with your brokenness and we prepare them to ask the right questions or ask uh, for the right help, not on the right door, whether that is a therapeutic door, whether that is an inpatient or outpatient treatment, and certainly um, seeking God in the midst of it, the foundation of most of what we experience and and how we grew up is in uh, church. And so we lead them back to those places.
1: I love that. Thank you so much. And my next question, uh, which is right in line with what you were talking about, is how does your church impact church, which I love, by the way, and I tune in virtually uh, periodically throughout the month. How does your church address behavioral health and what is the best approach in helping a member in need? And how does faith and mental health intersect in your congregation?
0: Well, wow. shunting uh- That question is is one of those that if you had the answer, uh, if we all had the answer, we wouldn't have the problem. But uh, the reality is that we do uh, have a lot of challenges and impact, and I would say in Christendom as a whole. Impact Church is unique in that our mantra is that uh, we do church differently. Uh, And for those that... uh, Tune in, you know, you could see a pastor preaching in shorts as well as uh, his suits like uh, I do. But we do church differently. And that difference is not... looking at church from the wall perspective, this is the building, but looking at it from a holistic perspective, not addressing just the spiritual need, but the emotional need, the psychological need, the professional need, uh, the uh, physical or health related need. And so uh, under the guise of those holistic principles, we're able to offer And we've been able to minister to folk uh, without the walls, seeing that there is really no box. Uh, None of us fit into that perfect box where, you know, if I pray today, you know, the lines in the in the grocery store are gonna be short or the bank is gonna, you know, I can walk right up to the teller. We help folk to understand that mental health is a part of the overall health care of the individual. So we, we offer, uh, you know, uh, support uh, groups. Uh, so that individuals that might find themselves in need of that individual support from like-minded people, I think that's important. Note this, Shante, at Impact, we believe that the pandemic is not a, simply about COVID-19, but all of us are doing things that we normally wouldn't have to do. I didn't have to, three or four years ago, think about who I could rub against or how close I am to someone in the grocery store, or I didn't have to worry about whether or not I can believe what my physicians and my doctors or healthcare professionals are saying. Now we see in the church that everything is subject to disbelief because of all of the misinformation. And so we address that by saying, we are not going to get you to come to us, whether it is physically. Physical or spiritually, but we want to come to you. We want to meet you at the point of your need. And so there is no judgment that, okay, you're a professional, but uh, you have bipolarism or you're a professional and you have schizophrenia in your family or you have signs of depression or signs of anxiety. We don't do that type of thing. We meet them at the point, we meet us at the point of our need. And whatever that need is, it, it is something that we can handle we uh, absolutely we will address it spiritually but we also believe that psychiatrists psychotherapists and other healthcare professionals are vital to spiritual health they they mesh they go hand in hand and so uh, i see my good friend dr um Adrian is on today. Dr. Adrian and, and others like her. We use them, and we refer out parishioners. We don't simply say, "Let's just pray about it," and you know, uh, call it a day. But we really bring in healthcare professionals who have the expertise to really meet that person and help them get past whatever it is that they're experiencing.
1: I love that. And I certainly have been a part of some of the wonderful programs that you all do, i.e. Care Night, right, bringing those resources to the church and the community. So so thank you again on on behalf of the community. And you have so many um, mental health professionals and stakeholders that are on this virtual call today. And so I want to ask you, Pastor Eddie, in your opinion, can you describe some ways that the mental health community could provide sustainable su- support to you and to impact, so that your congregation can provide better help for the community at large. And now Thank is your time. Tell them what you need. Let's.
0: That's right. That um, here's what what I think. It will be most impactful, and I don't use that word uh, haphazardly. Uh, again, we are impact church, and so everything we do, we want to make an impact, not do it just for the sake of doing it. One of the things that we have challenges with, and I, I you know, I don't want to uh, preach a message on here, but simply, uh, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And in our case, relative to this this uh, subject. Uh, The harvest of individuals now going through mental health issues and challenges is plentiful. Uh, I would even argue that very few people that go to church um, don't have some challenges in some way with mental health, whether it's diagnosed or undiagnosed. Uh, And so like that, uh, we have the challenges to... Uh, to find individuals that are laborers, individuals that have the expertise, individuals to increase our resource list and calendar. Uh, What we do at Impact, we have a resource manual. And in that manual, and I know some of you may be on here that I've used in the past, I know that I've referred a lot of folks to Silence the Shame and its website uh, for direct assistance. That long-term assistance, we are having the biggest time or the hardest time finding individuals that can come in and or be willing to assist individuals uh sometimes they have insurance sometimes they have resources but often especially in the tri-city community one of the lowest uh well, they're low on the totem pole when you start looking at statistics of, of healthy communities. The Tri-City community, East Point, College Park, South Fulton, and the South Atlanta area. Um, a lot of the of us don't have the resources to pay physicians and therapists as others do. What I really need is. Individuals who maybe have an additional hour of your time as a professional that you would like to donate, that you would like to say, uh, How can I come alongside? Because here's the thing that I think is missing sometimes, uh, uh, The church is seen in a silo, and healthcare is in a silo, spiritual, physical, and or mental on this other side and never shall the two come together. What I would encourage us to do is link up With your local church, especially with impact, I would love to have a meeting to gather uh, not just information but share synergy that can help the East Point, I mean, the the Tri City community. We have a real need, but even in a, a church as large as impact, there's still more of a harvest than there are laborers. So if we have professional laborers that can come to the table so that. Uh, the pastor, like myself and others, you know, we we have four ordained pastors at impact. And I'm telling you, uh, I feel at least 40 calls a day. I, uh, this is no joke. 40 calls a day. I've done well over 200 celebrations of life or funerals over the last two and a half years. Let me put that in perspective, Shunta. Uh, In the 30 some odd years that I've been ministering and pastoring, I may have done, well, not may have, I did 11 funerals in nearly 30 years. In the last two and a half years, I've done well over 200. So you can imagine the stress that and the the grief that these families are experiencing and um, the pastor alone. Cannot uh, minister to every one of them not effectively. So we need laborers. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. So what I'm hearing is collaboration, right? Strategic mm-hmm. partnerships between healthcare the spiritual community and pharmacy. And, and then again, that is why we are here. That is the the real reason. And, and, and um, I hope what we were able to manifest after this is the real reason behind this partnership with all the stakeholders here. So thank you for that. Um I probably have about two more questions for you. I, I wanna ask you also, what do you think, Pastor Eddie, are unique factors that affect the black community around access to care? And I, I know we know that, right, in terms of low income areas, but just in your, in your opinion, what do you think some of the, the glaring factors are that, um, I guess, you know, preclude, preclude us from getting the help that we need?
0: Um, trust of information I think is very unique in our community because, you know, most of our community may not have internet uh, where they can really do the research themselves, so they depend on um, uh, the trusted advisors, whether it's pastors, or therapists or healthcare workers that come into their community, the biggest thing that I see is that they don't believe it. You know, uh, they don't believe that my loved one, you know, we used to say they're touched. They don't believe that they have a mental health crisis or for an issue because they're not in education and mm-hmm. education that comes to them as opposed to them having to go to, you know, the healthcare care center, which obviously uh, most times are underfunded. And so they don't have they don't have the capacity. So I think Can I interject that's the, you know, real quick.
1: Yeah. Can I interject real quick? Oh, my God. Yes. Say that again, brother, because one of the things that plagues us in the African American community is trust. You know, I feel like as a black woman, oftentimes when I walk into a hospital, I have to advocate for myself. That's one of the why silence of shame exists, is to educate the community, right? Because you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink it, right? So we gotta make sure that we. Educate them around why you need to drink that water. Why you need to go see a therapist. Why do you yeah. make, need this medication? Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. I just had to. I'm, I'm with you, brother. Keep going.
0: No, no. I I, I totally concur. Advocacy is huge, especially for the least of them, the mm-hmm. children and the elderly, in particular, in the Tri City community. We don't have enough advocation, and I'm not talking about advocating for them from a distance. I mean, hands-on advocation. That's what makes it unique. You know, other communities have folks in their community that can, that are willing to help, but often in our community, the education and someone who they trust, the real of the real. They, they're, you know, uh, the impact some of the, you know, our parishioners call me their homie. I don't mind. You can call me your homie as long as you listen to what I'm saying. And so if we can have homegirls and homeboys come back to the community, advocate and educate, I think that's that's the biggest thing.
1: I love that. OK, last question for you. And again, we are just certainly um, grateful to you for your time today and you. all that you are bringing to this important conversation. Last question, Pastor Eddie, how important is it for faith leaders like yourself and others to take care of their own mental wellness and as they are caring for others? Because we often see those that are in the pulpit. Okay, might be suffering just as much as everybody is sitting out there in those pews. So how important is it for you all to take care of your own mental wellness as the wounded? If
0: you you can take a hammer and hit a nail, you hit the nail on the head with that question. Uh, I personally have been seeing a therapist now for the last 11 years Um, And and all of those years has passed when I was a a professional. I didn't see therapists as much because I thought I had pastors. uh, I would say out loud physician heal yourself before we can give advice to others. Now, the Bible is a blueprint that we regurgitate all the time. We don't make it up. You know, we don't have to sit down and think through what what God is saying. It's in the book. But what is not in the book is you. You are human. You have emotions. You have a soul. your own mind, your will, and your emotions. And the very moment you think you got it together and someone comes into your office and says something absolutely unique that you've never heard of, who do you go to? The other thing is that I would caution pastors. Hear me clear. Those of you that are online and you're in ministry, I caution you the mythology of just, you know, uh releasing by yourself every day, you know, when you hear about murders and death and people being in the hospital or your parishioners being in the hospital or having to counsel and then we get home and we say, okay, I'm going to detox and I'm just going to release it, you know, Uh, and I used to say I'm going to watch some mindless television. That is a bunch of of crap. Uh, The reality is you need to be able to talk to someone who is not you because you are always going to agree with yourself. Why did they treat me that way? They wasn't right about doing it. Yeah, you're right. They shouldn't have done you like that. Cause I'm only talking to myself and I'm always going to agree with myself. But when you have a professional, not another pastor necessarily, but a healthcare professional that you can really say, I don't like my parishioners. I don't like what I've had to deal with today. I'm heavy because this parishioner was with me, the entire uh, ministry, and they lost their life or they uh, died by suicide. Whatever the case may be, this stuff is real. And pastors are falling victim to the darkness of suicide and self-hate and self-hurt and lack of worthiness, just as anybody else. Pastors please do not think that you've got it all together physician heal thyself come out and let's let's have a conversation
1: Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Pastor Eddie. I could could talk to you for two more hours, but unfortunately, we have a program scheduled that we have to adhere to. So just thank you again. Blessings from silence to shame. Um, We appreciate the work that you do, and we look forward to the continued work and future collaborations, right, that will come out of this. So God bless you, Pastor. Thank you again.
0: Shanti, let me add one last thing. Thank you so kindly for having me on. I want to say hello to all of my care team members. There are a number of them that are on today. These are the individuals that hold me up and keep me strong. And they're always, you know, uh, willing to go the last mile. So all of you healthcare workers and certainly my health and my care team at Impact Church here in East Point, Georgia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And my dear Sonzy, thank you, sis. And I know we, you and I'll be talking very soon. Love you, you very so much. much.
1: Love you too. Take care. Okay. Bye. Wow! What a powerful, powerful, powerful discussion. Um, shout out again, and, and I want to thank Pastor Eddie from Impact Church in Atlanta, Georgia, on that mm-hmm. really and in, just inspiring conversation around mental health in the faith community. And you know what we say, free it, it's hashtag God and therapy, hashtag Jesus and therapy, whatever you want to call it, right? But mm-hmm. you know, we we can do both, right? Especially in communities of color. And this uh, particular podcast episode, you know, would not be possible um, if it wasn't for the good folks at Janssen Neuroscience. So again, support for this podcast and the Community Health Equity Alliance is provided through our collaboration with Janssen Neuroscience. So let's make sure that we stay connected. I hope you guys will um, check us out, you know, on all our different podcast platforms. Uh, free, Tell them how they can connect to us
0: and, and what we want them to do. For sure, for sure. So we want you to rate, subscribe, comment and share to spread this kind of conversation. And, and when you comment, let us know what you not only think of the podcast, but things that you'd also like to hear um, so that we can be in um, communication doing this thing together. But also follow us on at silence the shame on Instagram and sil- at silence TH shame on Twitter and Facebook. Facebook.
1: Absolutely. And as I always say, make sure you all take time, save a life and silence the shame.